talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. As they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safety. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> no, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. <laughs> I, I have not been able to substantiate this, but someone I work with who is a master of trivia and all I can say is spouts a lot of bullshit uh-huh. that turns out to be real. This is what she said. The word is an acronym. That's why it's typically capitalized acronym for a description of lewd behavior that took place in the old England with the kings. Not according to the Huffington Post, it's not. File under carnal knowledge. Hmm. Hey, Google, I where got, does the word f- come from? I got fornicate <laughs> under command of the king. Well, that was the other one she had said. But the I king's like YouTube. No, I she didn't understand. Quiet. I'm going to ask Google a question. <laughs> hey, Google. You're not even recording. Hey, Google. Where does the word... I don't know how to help with that yet, but I'm always learning. Hey, Google. Where does the term f- come from? On the website HuffingtonPost.com, they say, the F word is of Germanic origin, related to Dutch, German, and Swedish words for to strike and to move back and forth. <laughs> I like that, too. <laughs> this is all uh, talking, cocktail. Et- et- no, etymology, right? Isn't that, what it is? Isn't that yeah, the word? Talking, order, cocktail, order? party, conversation. Uh-huh. Ladies and German boys and girls, you must start this f- show. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not like that. Are we, we going to move up and back? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Talking Tesla Season 3, Episode 4, The Return of the Angry Herbert. And by return, I mean, well, it's just another month and he's still angry. And what's he angry about? Hey, does anybody, anybody, anybody out there have any possible potential thoughts, ideas, what Mel could possibly want to start the show being angry about? Robert, would you like to go? <laughs> Superchargers? Oh, really? Mel, I think there's one million listeners right now yes. driving their cars down the street going, oh, goody, another supercharger rant. <laughs> are you ready for this? <laughs> we are changing the name of the show. Do you oh, have a choice? To Mel bitches about the supercharger. No, network. we are not, because then somebody can't come up with a Mel <sighs> bitches about the superchargers networks thing. Let me tell you. Here, I've been driving from Southern California to Northern California a fair bit. I've been using the supercharger network. Normally, I stay at home. I grow my nails long. I drink my own urine. But for the last few months, I've been driving up and down there. So, first of all, when the supercharger is full, it is as slow as my urine stream at this point. I mean, we're talking big prosthetic, <laughs> little drippy, not so good. I'm oh, telling you, it isn't there is a medicine for that. Terrible. And so there was a full supercharger, and it was a pain in the buttocks. Which one? This was at Bulton, 
And it's at <laughs> that's Buellton, and it's Buellton. at a Marriott, like Solvang, Danish. Yeah, and they allow ice cars to park there for a number of hours overnight. And so when you get there, it's often full of ice cars. It's a total pain in the ass. I'm sure they had to do a deal with the Marriott in order to get them to exactly. put the supercharger there. But no. that is a disaster. In this particular case, were there ice cars parked there, Melvin? Three ice cars there. Thank you very much. Did and you have? Did you have a supercharger extender cable with you? No, I did not. They don't exist. Yeah, I think only Tesla has that for the semi. Yes, and I want to get one for my car. Probably weighs about 90 pounds. No, no, nobody, pounds. nobody has fixed this. You can buy a J177 5,000 foot long cable if you want. And I used one last night. Thank you very much. Thank you, Anthony. I need... I need a supercharger extender. That's the first thing. And then I've got a guy, his name is, we'll call him Robert. And we'll pretend that he's standing right there. And he sent Tall me a picture. gentleman. He sent me a picture after I was going on a rant via the Voxer, which is ah, what we yes, do. Yes, I remember And that. he goes, oh, um, yeah, superchargers, cool. And he's in a line of 20 superchargers waiting to charge. Please explain. Well, actually, there were 16 superchargers there in Culver City. And notably, there wasn't a single test loop charging. They must have all been off on their rounds. Mm-hmm. But I was like number six in line with three cars behind me. And there were 16 superchargers. So you do the math. And so it, it 25, it was like being cars. in a busy restaurant. Uh-huh. You know, I like the apple pan. That's a classic place. If ever you're in oh, LA, you got to go gosh. to the apple so pan. Good. Now I'm so hungry. Good. Thank I know. you very much. I might just go there for lunch, quite honestly. Yeah, maybe I'll join you. And so it's a restaurant. You walk in, it's just a big counter and you literally stand against the wall waiting to get a seat. And in a busy time, there are people like sniping each other and like, are you first? Am I first? Who's first? And you're watching, you're carefully. They're I nice about it though. Typically, yes. I felt like I was at the apple pan. At the Culver City Supercharger because it's like all of a sudden five cars unplug and leave and zoom, a bunch of us got our spots. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, good. I didn't have to wait more than 15 minutes. Uh-huh. Then I turned around and the line had gotten another four cars longer. So do you think at some point it's going to behoove Tesla in these situations to, as you arrive at a supercharger, for them to be some sort of like location-aware Bing, you're number two for supercharging. Your slot will be bing because this person is mostly 90% charged and we know he's sitting in his front seat as opposed to away. Like, to me, it seems like there is some potential software solutions to that. I drove 2,000 miles to Oregon. Well, you just asked me a question. Okay. Can I he tell you what really the, want the answer. Can I tell you what the real answer yeah. is? More superchargers. <laughs> you you haven't let already... me finish my rant. You're talking about solutions, and I haven't finished oh, it. I am so apologize. This is so rude. We, we, <laughs> I just... Okay, right, we go ahead. So we need upset. to hear Mel's feelings. Go ahead. Go, Mel. Um, well, no, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> There's Look, a shocker. I just wanted to say this. This is getting worse, and it's going to get worser. That's a word. No, it's because not. Because there are so many Model 3s coming. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. This is going to be like... 
in the 1970s when there was the fuel shortages and there were cars going around the block. This is a cluster, and this is a cluster because people are then going to put this on the news because you only put bad things on the news, and it's going to show all these people mm. waiting for, to charge at the supercharger, and people are going to say, do not buy a Tesla because the infrastructure is overwhelmed and it's going to destroy the stock price, and Elon is going to have to smoke a lot of weed. Let me ask you a question. Of the 25 cars in line at that supercharger, because now no. you're disparaging Model Maybe 3 owners. 25. I'm not very happy about oh, that. Yeah. How many of them do you recall potentially might have been Model 3 they were... and not leachy Model S and X free supercharger owners charging their cars even though they have chargers at home or should? <laughs> it's like question statement. <laughs> question longer Welcome statement. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I made a count, in fact. Uh-huh. There were only three Xs. Mm. There were like majority Model S. Mm-hmm. And there were like, I think, maybe six threes. So it was Ooh, like probably nine or ten. 11 S's. So I was making this, you know, same thought in my head mm-hmm. was it's interesting that free supercharging likely leads to, I wouldn't say inappropriate, but more more frequent supercharger use. Especially at your supercharger. Now, the Buellton supercharger that Mel is ranting about currently is not quite in the same kind of situation. My guess is there's not a lot of people in their neighborhoods using the Buellton supercharging for like regular day-to-day charging, which is what's happening at the Fox Hills supercharger that you're speaking of, right? The Culver City supercharger. Well, you know, it is in the middle of a big city in which people do drive a lot. And there's an exacerbating factor, and that is the Hawthorne supercharger has been under construction of some sort. Mm-hmm. So they've got oh, closure, three? closure of that site. In fact, if you go in your car on the website, closed. Because I was down there last, I don't know, a few days ago. I think you live there. I just No, I was in, at a meeting down in the South Bay and I thought, wow, let me just check on the local superchargers, see what they're like, since I'm sort of into the supercharger thing. They are offline with the Hawthorne supercharger, which is right next to SpaceX. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm going to tell you right here, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to make this announcement. I'm going to say it as if it's true, even though I don't know. What they're doing is that they're installing Supercharger 3.0. They're putting up a solar canopy. They are having a battery backup. The speed of this charger will be two to three times that of the current charger's that are out there. This is going to be part of the solution to the problem, although not the whole solution. The whole solution to this problem is that we need a ton more superchargers. Thank you very much. There are currently 11,000 superchargers in North America. There is not enough superchargers. The rate at which Model 3 is coming onto the road means that we need a ton. Let me say that again. A ton more superchargers. And the current rate at which they're putting out superchargers is not enough. I have another solution. If you can't make more superchargers, give me more range. Give me a car that will get 500 miles. And that will help because then I can drive all day at 70 miles an hour and I won't be in trouble. Here's another thing you could try. Get more destination charges. Let me tell you right now, San Francisco, for example, has almost no destination charges. What the hell is going on there? Thank you very much. If you're a hotel, you need to install it. I know that I talked about this last time, but too bad. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the other thing you need is superchargers outside the entrances to all of the national parks, even though we don't have national parks anymore. But if we did have national parks, That's we should not true. have... 
They're all gone. No, that's not true. I slept in three national parks no, last I'm week. I'm pretty sure that they they went. They, they've <laughs> no, gone. I slept in three of them. I'm telling you, they're still there. I have a park's pass. Even more reason. So my son <laughs> wanted to go to this beautiful part of this national park, but to get there with the car and the range was really difficult. So we need to have superchargers at the front of every, every national park. And i got to tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, with the use of solar panels and batteries... Theoretically, you could put superchargers pretty much anywhere just because you don't them. need to be on grid. You could be off grid. I'm just saying we need a f- ton more superchargers. I feel better this week. Okay. Month Show's over. History. Thank Thanks you. very much. All right. Great to listen. Uh, this has been another episode of Mel Herbert's Supercharger Ranting. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you're a Patreon subscriber to the Mel Supercharger Show, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I could do a show every week for <laughs> yes, 30 you minutes. Could. You shouldn't, though. About Supercharger. But do, do you not, in uh, your heart, your soft, for that. soft, squishy, gushy, blood-filled <laughs> heart, do you not understand that they are doing the best that they can no i don't care <laughs> i want them to do better i don't see that there's any problem but maybe, Tell us about your trip, maybe they should get rid of free supercharging do you think that no, they can't do that because <sighs> it's out of the bag but baby. they did well they can but they like i thought you meant like for people who already <laughs> yeah, have no, 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 not Going for the twenty-five thousand. i you. agree with you i think that there is a psychological we've talked about it a million times but why not do it again there is a psychological barrier when a human can get free fuel the human will go get free fuel, even if it costs more money to go and get that free fuel. That's true. So uh, I don't like the idea of free supercharging, although it certainly it uh, juices the sales because they always put it out at the end of the month. Uh, tell us about your Oregon trip. It does. So uh, I had no issues whatsoever with supercharging and waiting for supercharging on my Oregon trip, mostly because I didn't drive an electric car <laughs> because I had to bring – hey – don't look at me like that. I don't. I don't have a Model X that I can fit uh, four years of a young lady's dorm room supplies in. She needs to get rid of some stuff, and you need to take the three. Yeah, your boy probably packed a backpack and a toothbrush. Like, really? Yeah. You got away for four years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you exactly. Could fit it all into that well, knapsack? we are planners, and we had lots of things. So on top of her stuff for her dorm room was my camping stuff. So we took my truck, and I'm just going to give you all a little. I hate superchargers counter argument. All right. I drove 2,051 miles. I had to fill my truck nine times to do that. All right. With the ground up tears of babies. $448 in fuel costs. Yeah. I kept all the receipts because I wanted to share it with this show. And what I I calculated today is that would have been seven charges in my Model 3 at California rate of 26 cents per kilowatt hours at a 70 kilowatt hour, approximately $18 per stop. I probably would have had to stop about seven times. And I used an EV route planner, and that is about what it would have been seven times. And that cost would have been $127. So that is considerably less. Let me get this right. $450 is more than $127? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever in an emergency room and Dr. Herbert walks in the door, please ask for Dr. Rosenblum. (laughs) It would be best at this point. Uh, You need how many stitches? Seven stitches or 7,000 stitches? (laughs) So, Thomas, I'm very upset that you drove your gas-guzzling piece of piss giant truck 
Well, next time I'll way. ask you if I can borrow your ex. What and do you the, think the answer is going to be? The answer is going to be you can ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what do you think she's going to say to she's me? She's going to say, no problem. I'd like to drive your big truck around. I'm going to tell you that the Model X fine car as it is. May I bitch about that for a second? Oh, please. Do you have anything positive to say about Tesla at this point today? Oh, look. I love Tesla. I love everything about it. But the Generation 1 non-folding seats that was really a big part of the show back in the day, three years ago. <laughs> that was a big deal, That was yeah. sort of like supercharging rants. It was the non-folding seats. I think they that are was these, me, though. It was you. They are, indeed, the stupidest seats <laughs> that Elon has ever come up with. They oh. are. They take out all the space. That car, when you have folding seats, has so much internal space. And when you don't... It doesn't. Have you ever called them to ask them how much it would be to put in, I don't know, usable seats? Uh, that lease is up in approximately six months, and I'm getting another one and with folding not, seats. And he's not getting, You're getting another X? Yes. Hmm. Getting another X. I asked the wife. It's her car. So uh, do you want to get uh, mm-hmm. a different car? Do you want to get a three? And she's like, do I look stupid to you? No. <laughs> I want an X. She's sticking with, sticking with it. With folding seats. She loves that car. Oh, so you're going to go folding seats. Folding white, seats. White. Maybe. White interior. For sure. No, white. not white interior. Never. We're very filthy people. Dirty. Very dirty. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, supercharger fees. black. Supercharger fees have changed. And that seems to be changing every five minutes. But or supercharger fee. Idle fee. The idle fee. So, if you are sitting there and you're all fully charged, you get a five minute grace period here in the Los Estados Unidos. Five minutes to get your buttocks out of there. If you do not get your buttocks out of there and the supercharger is only, say, 50% or less occupied, you'll be spending 50 cents per minute, which is great because I want to build some more superchargers. They should not be charging if it's not full. I'm I, so sorry. No, they should. And then if it's 100% occupied, you have to pay a dollar a minute, which is great because that's going to help build more superchargers. And they're going to add in-car payments. So you can just sort of click on the screen there, boom, and pay for it. Now, let me tell you another problem with the supercharger. May I tell you one more problem with the supercharger network? It goes like this. You are driving to the beautiful Marriott in Buellton, California, and you look at the little display and it says, there are three spaces open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get there and there's not three spaces open. You know why? Because there's ice cars in it? Thank you, because there's ice cars there, and the thing doesn't know that there's a car poked in there, because I guess it must know when you're plugged in. But if you're not plugged in, there's not like a pressure sensor on the ground that says there's actually an ice car here. So you get there thinking that there's open spaces and there's not. They've got to fix that as well. I'm just saying, Elon, when do you want me to start? (laughs) There is technology for this. Santa Monica uh, paid a company. They didn't actually pay a company. I guess this company is doing it. There are smart parking meters. You know how you go to the parking lot? They're meter? called smeters. You put in like a dollar <laughs> and you're going to get a 40 minutes and you leave after 30 minutes. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden there's 10 minutes left on the meter. And Not you, if you drive put your up. credit card in there, there isn't. Well, you drive up and you're all excited because, hey, I just got free time. Not in Santa Monica. No. The pressure sensor, this puck, looks like a hockey puck that's Mother buried. Puck. Mother puck. Buried in the middle of the space of the parking space. You can see it. It's there. You know, it looks like one of those. You put tar around it, line, round circle thing. Anyway, this thing senses the car. When the car moves away, boom, the meter zeroes out. I hate this. They have made enough money. I think it was within six months to pay for this entire system throughout the city. I hate this. Yeah. I hate this so much. I hate Let's that use cities are doing this to people. It's not a rant about parking meters. What I'm trying to say is we should get this technology yes. for the supercharger network. Yes. So you and I, as we're driving, can say, oh, should I use my last few kilowatt 
hours to get to the nearest supercharger or inch just a little bit farther yes. to the next one. That would yes. give us important information. So that's exactly what I was saying. Thank you very much. That's a good idea. And I agree with Tom. I hate Santa Monica. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the small pleasures in a young man's life is going to a parking lot and there's already some money on there. It's a small pleasure. Oh, I've got 30 minutes. Such a scam. They've taken that away from me as well. I know. Such a scam. That's upsetting. It's terrible. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there's a new software version coming. It's should called... I say something about, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but should I say something about the superchargers now or wait? Oh, oh. Since why we you are t- ranting. Why don't you talk about it now? I mean, okay. Because, I mean, like, I don't um, want to confuse what? the there listeners. Be, I don't want to be rude or anything, but I, I'm hoping you're going to tell us there's a f- ton more getting made. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad to report that over the last 27 days since last we sat in this studio speaking face-to-face with one another, there are 13 new superchargers. 13 is not enough. Worldwide. What the hell is There's, going on? They're building cars. I don't know five, if you knew that. Five in the United States, four in China, one in Mexico, which I know, Mel, you will never see, one in Croatia, one in Switzerland, one in Japan, but... The good news, the high point of this supercharger report, Mel, yes, is that you and I tomorrow will be driving to San Diego. Yes. There is a new supercharger on the way. In Carlsbad, California, there is a 20-stall supercharger installed. Oh, thank you, Elon. And we'll hear later in a letter from an emergency medicine doc with 300 emergency medicine docs who are a member of an EV club. I can guarantee you when the two of you get to that supercharger on your way to ASAP, the largest Uh. emergency medicine gathering in the world, there will be people at that supercharger. It will be full. It will be double full. And you'll all be doctors. We're going to wait behind 280 other people (laughs) who are still waiting to charge who are on the Tesla. And you do not want to get into a fight with a doctor because they know how to kill you. (laughs) But another good point, one last up point, because I want to make this an up report, (laughs) is that at the Carlsbad supercharger, did you know there's Rudy's Tacos? Oh, it's worth it. I can stay there for weeks. I'm, since I've never it's had a, a podcast and we're talking and you can't see this, oh, I'm delicious. showing so, I'm going to show you soft tacos oh, there. They're not, they're, like there's two of the four tacos Robert is currently showing Mel will not eat. Because they have carne on it? No, because one of them is cabeza and one of them is lingua. Yeah. Lingua is so good. <laughs> it's like chewing on an old tongue. It's weird. Since we, uh, since we spend so much time on the lingua here. <laughs> um, so that's Carlsbad. And I was looking because we're going down to this big meeting in uh, San Diego tomorrow. Is there a supercharger? Because it used to be really hard, actually. It was kind of weird. Getting from L.A. to San Diego yeah. was really hard because there just wasn't many superchargers. There were a lot between here and San Francisco. But there is now one in downtown San Diego, and it is a 75-kilowatt um, metro, metro charger yeah. station. So I'll be headed to that along with thousands of other Tesla-owning emergency physicians, yeah, apparently. I'm really actually quite curious what that – trip is going to be like. Now, is there a destination charger in the hotel that you're staying in? There is an EV charger in the Hilton Bayfront, but I think it is shared with the world, so we'll see. Oh, yeah. I've been there. It's there's like They're scattered. I think they're in two different places in the under, you know, on the first level of the uh, hotel garage, and 
they tend to get iced as well. So iced. I'm looking forward to our next uh, yes next show. Maybe I'll do a tweener screaming about the fact that I couldn't <laughs> get on. And they're part of the Blink Network, and they're fairly expensive. Yeah. So I will probably just go up to the supercharger and just plug. Oh wait, in hold there. on. Oh, so, so there's a charger available, but you have to pay a little money for it, and Ooh, so I think you're not willing to use it. I think we've been through the fact that I've already <laughs> talked about humans. I am a human. I want my free one. I got the car. I spent a lot of money on the car. And I want my free charging. There's a lot. I will drive for six days to get my free charging. (laughs) There are a lot of chargers between you, Mel, and the conference along I-5. And in fact, I have a number two, four, six, eight chargers before you even get to San Diego. So superchargers. Superchargers. Eight. You have eight? Eight. Give it to me. Give it to me fast. Let's do this. Where where are we going? We're uh, we're going from Woodland Hills, and then the first one's in Culver City? Nope. The first one is, oh, God, this computer is so slow. I need a new one. Is Downey Downey. on Stonewood Street. Okay, next. Then there's another one. There's two in Downey, by the way. Yeah, there is. There's a second one. Lakewood. That's it, Lakewood. Then the next one is Buena Park, California. Then the next one is Santa Ana, California. Then the next one is San Juan Capistrano, notably the one that's difficult to use. Then right next door, almost, San Clemente, California. Uh, Then we have the Carlsbad I mentioned. Then we have the San Diego on Pacific Heights Boulevard, which is a little north of the city. And then in the city is the San Diego A Street. So there. Okay, well, I feel pretty good about that. Thank you very much. There, uh, there will be a line at every one of them. We'll see. We'll see. There's uh, a lot of Teslas going to this conference, I'm sure. <laughs> so close to L.A., man. That's that's actually very interesting because if you think about it, it's, it's only 6,000 people plus whatever people are going to support. Yeah, so it's like 10,000 people total. How many of them are really from California? Probably a lot of people because ASEP is in San Diego are going to be heading down there. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Sunday I bet, is a busy travel day as right? well. Sunday is a busy travel day. Generally, people are still like taking their kids back and forth to schools and you stuff know, like that is happening. You know, another way to, to reduce this problem of uh, me supercharging on the way to San Diego is give me a car that gets, I don't know, 500 miles range. Buy a Roadster. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want well, to talk about version okay. 9.0, unless you want to keep talking about superchargers, no, but i got no. a new show that's coming that is going to be a weekly <laughs> podcast about supercharging. <laughs> you guys can be on it if you want. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really going to be, be really fun. Be, actually, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you would like me to start that, I will start it. I promise <laughs> I will do that. Just go to go to Patreon and put your money yeah, where your put, mouth put is. Put your money where your mouth is. Uh, version 9 of the software. Okay, so uh, there's been more leaks and videos and updates. And um, there's one in particular that it's on Tesla Rati that shows the Model 3 sort of changing lanes and doing stuff with this new version 9.0. And I've got to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is like the update that never comes. This is uh, very similar to the last time they did a major update. It's going to be here in a week, uh, maybe two, maybe a month. 2020. Maybe two months. <laughs> maybe three. Maybe we're going to skip this one and go to 10. Let's, look for next a, let's, year. let's just check Twitter and see what Elon's having to say today about it. Oh, my Gosh. Now, some of the things that we are going to get in version 9. Here's some of the stuff I'll summarize that we think we're going to get. First of all, more autonomous stuff. Exactly what we get, we don't know. Maybe some lane changing by itself. Maybe it'll tell you just to go over to this lane as you're changing freeways. We'll see what autonomous stuff happens. I'm not sure that uh, the stuff that's out there right now in beta will actually come to us in this first update. Dashcam, supposedly. Boom! Dashcam. Tell me about Dashcam could be coming. Dashcam, that is something people have been harping on Tesla for ever since they put forward-facing cameras in the cars. Why? Because I've been looking at this. I've been putting it off as well for a 
long time, uh-huh. putting in a dash cam. You know, you can get a dash cam that looks front and back. There's a guy who'll take two sets of dash cams and put them front, back, and on both sides. His name's Anthony? No. Oh. But it's like $1,600 to do this whole thing. And then you've got to maintain it, and you've got to pull the little card out if you want to look at stuff. I think you can web-enable it. It gets really complicated, and what the F? Tesla's already got a bunch of cameras, but looks like they're going to finally use one of the forward-facing cameras. It's not the wide, it's not the narrow, it's the medium-view camera. And there's a guy on YouTube who evidently has the update, and I've got the link here. We can put it in the show notes, and you can see what the dash cam footage looks like at night. Super clear. Really nice. I was impressed, actually. People were worried that they actually have these cameras turned up to really high contrast because that's better for the AI and it doesn't really care about what you see. It cares about what the computer sees. But that video looks very clear, looks very nice, looks very dash cammy. Yeah, it looks do like you have access to this video. Oh, yeah. yeah it's on no, there. no, no. Like, do you, like, if you oh, have yeah. oh, yes. a Tesla dash cam, where, where Suppose, would you go to look at the dash cam? Supposedly, what happens is you take a USB drive and you shove it in the USB spot. And um, it t- walks you through this process of how you can then download the video. Right now, it's only about 720p video, and it's about an hour, and it's about two gigs an hour. So I think it, what it does is it just rewrites itself every hour mm-hmm. for version 1.0. At least that's the reports I have heard to date. All I can say is if they can make this a 360-degree dash cam, you know, all they have to do is take those cameras and reprocess the video somehow so that it looks like what humans see, not what AI needs to see. That is huge. That alone would make any BMW or Mercedes or any other competitor look quite impotent in comparison. It but would be cool, but that would be on. even more... I wonder how much processing that would take away from the autonomous driving and stuff. Oh, Maybe not the, so much. It's only video. It shouldn't take he's that gonna, much. Elon's going to replace all our computers anyway because they're not big enough. No, they're not fast <laughs> enough. Great. All right. So here's the other thing. So we said dash cam. Okay. We said uh, blind use blind spot detection is coming. Fantastic. Uh, Atari games. Waste of time. I don't know why you're playing with it. Um, in the okay. App- wait a minute. Hold on one second. Yeah. He, I read that they're going to bring Tempest as part of this. Okay. F you, Herbert. Okay. Tempest, Tempest is, is amazing. Good. Tempest is good. I, like t- I take that bet. Can I just say that I would so much rather have a dash cam and blind spot yes. detection and things that matter in a car rather than games. Although maybe that's just for Mel to get addicted to when he's waiting for a supercharger for an hour I was hour just going to say that. You're sitting there. You're waiting for supercharger. They just blow your mind by letting you play Tempest using the little wheel things on your steering wheel. Whoa. Thank you very much. So the app updates, you're going to be able to start navigation in the app. You're going to be able to share your navigation. Like I can say, Robert, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Bye, bye, app. Um, you're going to be able to control the music. In the Model 3, we believe that they're going to get a calendar, a web browser. You're going to be able to control the music in the app. Can anybody explain to me why that's important? Because you're sitting in the back and you're in charge and your mum's driving and uh, you want to change it to your music because you don't like Frank Sinatra. More like okay. your teenage kids are going like to hack it. into your Tesla account. Um, and I was just curious. Gonna, they're going to put on their favorite hip-hop. Okay. So web browser and probably one that's not In the really Model slow. 3. In the Model 3. Here's the other things that come into Model 3. You ready for this one? Drop the mic right here. No, don't drop their expensive mics. Directions are going to move to the left side of the screen where they should have been the whole time. Thank Kaboom. you. Boom. So what are they going to move? Where are they going to put the left side of the screen thing? I don't know. I don't know where the uh, speed's going to be. Not. They're going to, yeah. <laughs> and better climate control and directions and stuff. But I love this idea because I really like the Model 3, but I can't see the directions. It's on the wrong side of the screen. <laughs> They're going to fix it. 
I don't care about how fast I'm oh, going. They're just, just going to move that box to the left side of the map. They're not going to actually move it to where all the car controls are on the very, very I far don't left. Know. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. But what I have seen is that you can find your route on your phone and then upload it to the car. Find my route on the phone using what? I'm not sure which. I have to watch the video again. But again, I put a YouTube video on here and you can do a route finding on your phone. I think it was just like a Google map. And then you can send that to your car. Yeah, I think that is going to be part of the new app. Yes. Because I've got a whole bunch of things that I would like. Uh, so you're to planning do. a trip. You're sitting in your you're living in room. room. You're, yeah, you're, you're having a cup of tea. And I don't know if it can do like a multi-step trip. Like I want to go here, exactly. then there, then there, and throw in some superchargers. That would be so slick. So this is what I was uh, have my next thing here about, which is what I want. So first of all, trip planning on the app is exactly what I want. You're getting it, Mel. Aren't you happy? And I want to be able to do waypoints. Okay. It's not capable of happiness, Robert. <laughs> and I want to be able to see if there's destination charges on the app. Is that like a problem? And left I want to be able to drag the route like you do in Google Maps. Like, oh, oh I don't want to go that route. I want to nice. push it over yeah, here. That'd yes. be super helpful. Can I have any of that? Am I allowed to have that? You can, can have I get all some of that. Of that? I, like I think it's just a matter of them paying Google for more features for the Google Map. Maybe so, Google. Uh, mm-hmm. When are we going to get all this? Hello. We were supposed to have it at the end of last month, and now it's the end of this month. Let's check the Twitter. Okay, check the Twitter. Do, do, do. Nothing. Hey, Google, when are we getting version 9.0 of Tesla's software update? Sorry, I can't help with that yet. You know why? Because nobody can. It's weird, and you didn't even say, hey, Elon. It's weird. Okay, let's keep going. So, I'm excited about version 9.0. I think it's going to make Autopilot a lot safer. I have dropped my expectations from a year ago. I believe this is going to be a very slow process, but we won't see real gigantic improvements in the autonomous driving features until we get hardware 3.0, which we are supposed to get at the end of the year, which means we won't see for two years. Thank you. None of those things that you mentioned, at least on the surface, to me, seem like they're going to make it safer. So what is it that you feel like is going to make it safer? No, that's really, at the end of the day, the most important thing about autopilot. Just the reports that I've been reading, it's more about blind spot detection and about improving the braking using the cameras, much less about being able to drive you home, but more about telling you you're about to crash kind of stuff that you'll really see in version Mm 9. And I don't think it's until you get the new hardware, 3.0, their chipset, whatever they need, that we'll see real jumps in autonomous driving. Being able to change lanes by itself oh, that's cute but not real big jumps until they get their own hardware in there and do you have we had any additional rumors thought process that either of you two gentlemen have seen in terms of that hardware and what it when if it's going to get updated he, and, and who's going to get it elon said no. end of the year yeah so that means not until late next year <laughs> <laughs> okay All I can say is I feel that it's really sort of ironic how the tables have flipped where I'm now driving a Generation 1 Model S while my newer car is in the shop. And you guys are both driving fully autonomous Model 3s. And I... Very cutting edge, Robert. I'm just like so missing autopilot. All the bitching aside, I think that it's so great and it would be so nice for me to be back in an autopilot car because, you know, I do enjoy the Tesla more. When I'm not in autopilot, but I tend to speed a bit. And I think that it's likely safer for the entire planet if I just stay in autopilot at 70 miles an hour rather than no autopilot and mm, let's say more. Let's just say more. I will say this, and I hope 
people don't get the impression that I don't think autopilot is not a good thing. Because in Los Angeles, autopilot is essential. It's essential, Tom. If you don't have autopilot, I don't know how you can survive. I have to... The stop-and-go <laughs> no, traffic in LA... Most people don't have autopilot. I don't I know. know what is wrong with those people. Because in stop-and-go <laughs> traffic, autopilot is the greatest thing that has ever been invented in the history of the world, ever. Ever. That's, ever. That's ever. 100% accurate. Now, I have been lately... Whoa, 100% <laughs> I have been lately driving a lot more in autopilot on 101 freeway in a northbound fashion because I've been driving my son to school. Yes. Since uh, the person who was driving him to school is now in college somewhere it's upsetting. else. upsetting. It is upsetting. But it has given me the opportunity to, A, drive my Model 3 in autopilot in, in many different types of traffic situations. And the other day, I, I have noticed a few quirkiness things that have happened. I the believe other it day. is uh, quirky nigh. It is the quirky nigh. Okay, quirky nigh. Thank you very much, Mr. <laughs> Grammarhead. Um, so I was driving on 101. Their son was directly in front of me. Your son was directly in no, front of you? I thought he was sun. in the car. No, oh. the sun, okay, okay, the big solar thing okay. in the sky that yep. provides the energies and the such, yep. was was right in the camera, very glaring. Mm. And, and in front of me, about 10 car lengths, was a box truck. And this box truck was in full shadow. But it was it was well ahead of me enough that it didn't matter. But the car in autopilot did not like having it there. Oh. So it kept just like slamming on the brakes and not like gradually right. like slamming on the brakes, but like slamming on the brakes. And, and if there's cars behind me, what what is happening? So like, it's throwing a shadow on you every now and then and the car goes, It's not even throwing a shadow on me. It's just seeing this big black box yeah. in front of me and maybe because it's in full shadow, right? The sun's in front of it. So it looks like basically a black square. Yeah. And maybe if we're going, maybe what's happening is we're going at the same speed. So it thinks it's a void or a wall or something yeah, to that extent. it's stopped. Right, or it thinks it's stopped because it can't see m that it's moving right. for whatever reason. That, to me, is a bigger problem because it did it two times with in the same truck within a couple of minutes. Luckily, there were no cars behind me. We were doing probably 65. Go ahead, Robert. So when the highway patrol pulls you over for driving erratic, like you're drunk and tries to get you out of the car to do a sobriety test, uh -huh. how do you explain this away? In that particular case, I yes. don't know how you would explain that away, to be honest with you, or whether or not it matters. You're still in control of the vehicle legally. So then who would you vox to bail you out of jail? Uh, probably you, yeah, because Mel probably would just on. be like, I don't care about you. You it's, don't have, do you have a supercharger? Otherwise, I'm not coming to get you. It's funny because uh, all my life I thought it was driving erotically. And you're saying it's erratically. And that really <laughs> yeah. explains some really weird conversations I've had with some police officers over the year. I mean, what do you mean I'm driving erotically? I mean, I know I'm attractive, but what are you talking about? And that's not what they were actually saying. It's weird. Right. So what I will say, if you're in autopilot and you are driving at speed, not necessarily in bumper to bumper, pay attention. Like, keep your hands on the wheel. Be ready to take control of it because it is not quite there yet. Uh, where are we at uh, using our criteria for uh, autopilot? It used to be a drunk 15-year-old hmm. that just got their license. I thought we moved it up to a drunk 16-year-old that had their license for six months. Still we moved drunk, beyond? though. Still drunk. Still hammered, I think, 16-and-a-half-year-old driver at this point. I think it's better. I think these things like this are kind of weird anomalies. I still get into situations where it won't change hmm. lanes, even though there are literally no cars around me front, back, either side. I'll turn my clicker on, and it will just not do it. 
I'll say the situation matters. So I was coming home from Oxnard to Santa Monica, and I took the coast route, Highway 1. Beautiful drive, rather curvy. Yes. Goes from one lane to two lanes to two lanes to one lane, and it back and forth, and there's cross traffic and people running across the road. It's somewhat of an obstacle course. It's certainly where Hollywood's elite go to drive very quickly and crash their cars, that's for sure. And so I thought I'd make a test. I'll put the car in autopilot as I'm heading down the one. And as I'm heading down the one, the car drove, I would say, 97% of that drive, like 47 miles, in autopilot. What? Was there much traffic or was this a late night session? No, it was an afternoon. And there was, mm, you know, not terrible traffic, certainly not stop and go traffic. But there was two places where the car didn't do well. It lost it. And again, must pay attention. But it was very entertaining to be behind the wheel and watch the car navigate. Again, it went slower than most people would go, certainly slower than I would typically go. But I was enjoying the fact that the car was doing it for me. So, again, we say uh, it's great in traffic. It's improving. But still, please, please be in control because this thing will do erratic and sometimes erotic things. (laughs) When you're not expecting it. It never does erotic things, so that's just so not a thing that it does. But I will tell you this. Another thing that I had always been a little bit hesitant is the merging of the lanes. We have a lot of very weird merging lanes where there's a lane merging on the freeway in a lane of traffic, and that same lane is merging off the freeway at the exact same time, and it's a short amount of time. And I have been allowing the autopilot to sort of do that merging, and it has gotten really, really good at that, in my opinion. Like, it doesn't freak out. Like, so that's the kind of situation where you're driving at kind of speed, maybe 30 miles an hour when cars are merging, and cars will get in front of you, and and depending on how your speed distance, in the past, it would just break hard. hard. Right? And now it's sort of, okay, I see that car's coming. I feel like it's moving over. We're not going too fast. I'll just slowly ease on the brake. So it does, you can see it getting better. I am definitely seeing a lot of improvement in that type of stuff. I would say uh, I've heard exactly the same thing driving to and from UCLA a lot. Same thing. When that car comes over, it used to be a hard punch on the brake, and you're like, you are the worst driver. And it has gotten much better in my car as well, so that's great. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's talk about uh, Model 3 safety. This is from the LA Times. And the good news, and uh, a lot of people have been talking about this, uh, they got their car tested by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, which is uh, one of the groups here in the United States. And they got a 5 out of 5 in all of the tests. And I guess there's subtests. And they got a 5 out of 5 of all the little subtests, making the Model 3 one of the most safe cars ever tested by the NHTSA. Safer than BMW, safer than Mercedes. The Really, the only cars that are as good, apparently, is the S and the X. So the Tesla family reigns. Safe. Now, let me just say this, because this has been confusing to us in the past. This is only one group that does the testing. There's also the insurance companies of North America, or some moniker I can't remember the name of, and they do a slightly different test. They do many of the same ones, but then they do what I call the Tom test. <gasps> And the Tom test is where Mm. somebody turns in front of you 
and you hit them on the side of the front. So in the National Highway the Safety front thing. front offset crash, I believe they call that. front offset, that sounds good because these other tests are just sort of full on. You just drove straight into a brick wall. You don't do that that often. But you often get hit on the side and the Model S got ding saying it wasn't that safe. And of course, Elon said that's not true. We don't like that. But we haven't had that group do the testing of the Model 3. And I wonder out loud here to you if they did any internal changes to the 3 so that when they do that new test, if the uh, Model 3 will do better than the S on that side impact front yeah, crashy crash. Yeah, we call that front offset. So in other words, it's more mimicking the type of accidents that occur. Not so many people hit full head on into a flat wall. Yeah. Most of the time it's somebody's turning left in front of you right? and you hit them or they hit you and it's an offset crash or you're stopped or somebody stopped on the freeway in front of you and you swerve a little bit to avoid him so you're not yeah. hitting him straight bumper to straight bumper you're hitting him a little bit to the offset and that is a different mechanism of physics as you all know so the only time it appears that cars really crash frontally full on is when you're an autopilot in the uh, speed zone so and we're somebody's broken down which <laughs> So maybe that's why Tesla has to be really good at that, because Autopilot does like to crash into things that are parked in the fast lane. Yeah. So we're looking forward to the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety ratings of Tesla, which will hopefully make the cost of repairing your Tesla a little less expensive. I should say the cost of insuring your Tesla a little less expensive. I know mine is currently being torn down in the shop, and uh, I'm just sad Sad How without long? it. So they How never, long? they didn't total it? It didn't get to that level? Not at this point. Well, I cool. have not heard of a total. I, uh, I dropped it off, let's see, uh, nine days ago. And uh, the guy there at the auto shop took these colored pens and was writing all over my car. Like, R&R this, remove and replace, you know, uh, scrap this. And, uh, and it was just so sad to see marks on the entire driver's side of the car, from the rear bumper to the front bumper and everything in between. For those of you that don't know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, Robert uh, had an in-ground situation on the freeway where a car tried to run over the top of his car, <laughs> screwing up uh, the whole side of it. And we've been, first of all, wondering uh, how much is it going to cost to get fixed and how long it's going to take. Uh, the estimate was about $25,000, I believe. I think it was uh, right around, it was 19001 Dollars and uh, and the time the computer estimates was twenty five days. Holy testicle Tuesdays, Batman! And why are you currently driving your S? Did you consider contacting the gentleman's insurance company to say, "Look, I not no insurance." He had no insurance. He gave a bogus insurance information to the police. To the police. That's not a good did they, idea. Did he also give bogus license information to the no, police? No, address everything. So I don't understand. So like he didn't have insurance in the end. Like is anybody Are you investigated? Saying he's a that? bad driver and a bad liar. <laughs> so they haven't investigated mm. whether or not he has actual insurance. Well, I asked my insurance company. Doesn't that really piss you off mm-hmm. that his insurance company doesn't exist? They called the company. They gave the policy number. They said it's all invalid. Maybe they had insurance mm. and didn't pay it for a while, but. The insurance company says, oh, yes, well, first we'll fix your car. Thank you. And then we'll do some, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, like, shouldn't somebody go and arrest this MF? 
and take him to jail because he's driving without insurance and that nobody seems to really care. Right. So that's a problem, in my opinion, right? This insurance company, your insurance company is indifferent to this gentleman who didn't have insurance company. And all it's doing is raising the policy rates mm-hmm. for the people like you mm-hmm. who have insurance and do the freaking right thing mm-hmm. because they're lazy. Mm, I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this doesn't matter. This show doesn't matter. This <laughs> conversation doesn't matter. None You're of it ranting about supercharging. Matters. It's Does all that matter? uh, it's all a simulation, after all, isn't oh, it? That's doesn't true, matter man. because, according to the Daily Herald, there is a 500-page environmental impact study that has come from the Trump administration. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's be clear about where this is coming Amazing. from. Amazing. This is coming from the Trump administration, and it says this: if you just sort of flip through the pages of some light reading about how you're all going to die. Is that CO2 is going to go from 410 parts per million to nearly 800 parts per million by um, the end of the century. We're on course for a 7 degree or 4 to 5 degree Celsius rise in temperature by the century. And basically the entire world is going to be done. There's going to be loss of usable land and food. There's going to be global uh, wars because of mass migration. And we know how that goes. And they basically say in this thing, look, this is all true now. We accept it. Um, It's uh, human occurred. And um, at the end, they say, there's nothing we can possibly do. Here is a quote. It would require substantial increases in technology innovation and adoption compared to today's levels and would require the economy and the vehicle fleet to move away from the current use of fossil fuels, which is currently not technically feasible or economically feasible. And I say to that, that is absolute horseshit. So we've finally got the Trump administration to agree that we have a problem And now they're going to do that thing where, oh, but we can't possibly fix it, which is absolutely bull. We have the technology. We can do it economically. Tesla's doing it. How about we get behind them and help accelerate it? Or does Elon have to do everything himself? And finally, I would say, for those people who don't think that voting matters, voting matters. Get off your ass voting matters. I have a lot of friends who are very nihilistic and very sort of disturbed about the sort of current politics, and I get it. But your vote matters. Who is in charge and their politics matter. And I don't care if you don't like me talking about that. Get out and vote. It matters. There is a book that I've been reading called Drawdown, edited by Paul Hawken, H-A-W-K-E-N, available on Amazon. And it is a fantastic book of the hundred most comprehensive plans that you can put towards reducing global warming. They're all today's technology. They're all proven. They work. And we just need to do them. We need to focus. Robert, share three of them that you can enact, that our listeners can enact, that Mel can enact. Eat less red meat. That's one of them. That's a big one. Educate girls. That is one of the top. That combined with something else is bigger than everything else. I can't remember the third one. Uh, It's birth control. Thank you. There you go. Because if you educate girls, they tend to have less children, and that reduces the number of people on the planet and all these things. And it's a cascade of things you wouldn't think about. But uh, the food and the education are two very big things. I'm sorry for that rant, but I, you know, the planet is on fire. Yeah. And it's about time we got fired up about it. It's a huge deal. Um, Let's talk about Model 3 sales and delivery. Now, it goes something like this. We are expecting a big month of production. We don't know exactly how big, but Elon has been tweeting out that there will be more Model 3s created than the history of the universe, which wouldn't be hard because they've only just started doing it. But we think <laughs> we think they're going to break 50,000, and it's possible that they'll break 55,000 for the quarter. And in fact, this is so bad that it is revealed the next biggest problem in hell 
for the Elon. So they went through production hell. Now they're going through what he calls delivery hell. Yeah, they have a- so many cars that they're producing, they can't get them to people. And they're doing a couple of interesting things. One was that they have volunteers come in and like help them get the cars out the door. Like me. Did you do that? I haven't gone because I've been on shift. But for the last two weekends, Tesla Owners Club Los Angeles members have been going down to the Playa del Rey or Playa Vista Delivery Center. Orange County's been doing it. They've been doing it up in Colorado. All over, there are thousands of Tesla owners going to Tesla. You basically contact. It's kind of late now. You're going to hear this after the first of the month. So never mind until next time, the next end of quarter. But Going, they're offering like a T-shirt, a name badge, and maybe some goodies. I don't know. I haven't been there, so I didn't collect. And you're basically going there at times when they don't have enough staff, like in the morning on the weekends or in the late afternoon, early evenings during the week, and explain how the car works. You're not the one completing paperwork. You're not an employee. You're just going there to help people who are accepting their Teslas have a more complete experience and get more of a hands-on and a touchy-feely delivery. And these are Model 3 deliveries exclusively or X's, S's? If you don't own a Model 3, will they let you deliver Model 3s? Well, you're not really delivering it, but when the person, after they sign their paperwork, says, well, how does the charging work? Where do you plug in? Oh, you plug in at home. Do you use a wall plug? Oh, no, I installed a NEMA 1450 plug. How do you open the glove box? Yeah. Where do you put your cell phone? How does that work? How does the nav work? You know, these are all things that are somewhat distributed across all the Teslas, unless, of course, you just own a first-generation Roadster, then just stay home (laughs) because nobody wants to hear about your old car. So That's that's a joke. That's a joke. I really want a first-generation Roadster. So that's one of the things they're doing. The other thing that he said, and this is so weird. I love the Elon. Look, uh, we can't find enough trucks to deliver our cars that we are now building our own trucks to deliver cars. Say what? What? Ridiculous. So he said, suggested that they're actually (laughs) building these car truck delivery devices. And there was a picture of like a center section of one of these trucks. The only reason I could think it might be Tesla is because it was very sleek looking, very red, and it had lettering on it that looked kind of Tesla-like. Stay off the Twitter. That's all I have to say. Just stay off the Twitter. Put the Twitter down. You're having a hard time delivering the trucks. You're building your own trucks. You're not building your own trucks. Whatever. Just shh. Just do it. Just do it. At least he's not going to get arrested for tweeting about Tesla truck carriers. In my drive up... Uh, on the five, the first day with my with my daughter as I was leaving, I I counted, yeah, and I lost track very quickly. More than twenty carriers in the first two hours of the drive up. It was amazing. Were full any, of Model Three, full of Teslas yes. of all ilks. Yes, I had the same experience coming back from Santa Cruz. I'm like, well, there's a big truckload of threes. Because wow, I've, there's a big truckload of threes. Because I've driven that, so that path many, many times, and I've never seen so many cars coming down. It was it was actually quite incredible. And each one of them averages about 11 cars. So just in that time frame, a couple of hours, over 220 cars. And they kept coming. You know, I, I had uh, stopped counting because there were too many. I actually talked to one of the guys driving the trucks, and I said, are you going to L.A.? He's like, yeah, I'm going to L.A. He's like, and then I'm coming back, and I'm doing it again and again. And like, I'm booked up for the month just for Tesla, just wow. back and forth between L.A. and the Fremont factory for the month. And I'm like, go, bro. So cool. So they're making a lot of them. They're having difficulty getting them out the door, and they've got to fix these things. But I think that's the kind of stuff that will get um, fixed. But now I want to talk about three times faster and at a third the cost. What am I talking about here? 
What I'm talking about is Teslarati, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Panasonic came out and said, we are the problem. Excuse me? Panasonic said, we are the problem. The yes. problem with getting out uh, these batteries has been our fault. We can't make them fast enough. But, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Tesla is about to install new equipment from Panasonic and from Groman, which is that German company they bought. And the Panasonic people said that that will speed cell production by a rate of 3x. And it will be able to then produce these batteries at one third the price. Crazy. And I say, what? You're going to be able to go three times faster and create at least the cells at a third of the price. That doesn't mean the completed battery pack would be a third of the price. Right. But I've got to suggest that it takes the battery pack price down substantially, which we really need because we need Model 3 to be 20 25% profitable, as it were, so that Tesla doesn't have to go find more money because that's going to be hard because the stock price keeps crashing because Elon won't get off the f***ing Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Which Twitter? Yeah. Uh, Agreed. Fucking Twitter. <laughs> now there's normal Twitter and then there's Twitter. Oh, that's Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Is it not? That's great. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, the, the whole Twitter thing is really upsetting, especially since I thought Elon wanted to like really stick it to the shorters. And all he's done over the last couple of months is give them the biggest opportunity and more sort of bravado to continue on their nonsense. Yeah, that's true. So specifically, they're going to add three new lines to the Gigafactory with these new uh, battery machines. So hopefully that will make everything a lot, lot smoother. So this will require more trucks to get sleds from Mm -hmm. Gigafactory over to Fremont until they decide to start building cars at the Gigafactory. And you know why making sales faster is important? The real reason it's important? No, yeah. no, why? Really? It has nothing to do with the cars, because yeah. I've got my car and I don't care anymore. It has anymore. something to do with the car. I don't care about other people's cars. Yeah. I care about mine. You're about to buy another X. I want, oh, that's true. I want one more car. <laughs> but what I need, what I want from this Gigafactory mm-hmm. is my Powerwall. Yes. I don't care about your cars, people out there. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. I know it's harsh. I don't care that you're not going to get your Model 3 for $35,000, the low base version. I don't care about you. I care about me getting a Powerwall. Can I get one of those? Narcissist. Well, no, that's true, because that is what Tesla is. It is a energy company. Should it is be. not a automaking company as much as we love the autos that they make. And as an aside, just as an aside, because I just read this this morning, I didn't put in the notes, but you know that big Australia, very large battery installation that Tesla put in there and it costs $60 million? Yeah. Yes. You know that uh, that's on track to uh, paid for itself in about a year and a half? That's pretty good. They made $20 million wow. in the first six months. So let that be a lesson to all you small communities and all you people with your coal power plants. Mm. Like, build a new plant, make it solar, make it with battery packs, Yeah, make it with hydroelectric. I don't care, but stop spewing crap into the world. The True return time. on investment there, quite substantial. And this is why we need more gigafactories. Almost as many as we need superchargers. And this is why Elon says they need to get to the <laughs> factory to the point. We don't need 11,000 gigafactories. That would be cool, though. Uh, <laughs> this is why Elon said they need to get the battery production. He said this a couple of years ago. They think they can, and they need to get battery production to the point where you can't see the batteries coming off the line without a strobe light because they need them to come off so fast because there is such demand, just not for cars, but for energy storage everywhere. And I say to certain people in certain White Houses, we can do this if we put our mind to it. It's being done. It just needs 
a boost. Like, why not just create another gigafactory or three or four? Put one in West Virginia. Put one in Alabama. Put them in places where there are people who want jobs and that there's transportation nearby. I mean, what more do you need? Thank you. Okay, tell us about the stock price, Tom, because, you know, it turns out the stock price has been going up and down, and I've lost sort of track of what's happened here, and maybe you can summarize what the hell's been happening. Well, I might be able to summarize it, but I might not be able to summarize it as well. It's just it's hard to know. So there was an article in USA Today, and sort of let's kind of talk about where the beginning of the newest version of the craziness kind of started, and that was with the August 7 tweet where Elon said, and I quote, Considering taking Tesla private at $420, funding secured, unquote. Okay, that was at the time a lunatic comment in a lot of ways, right? But if you look back on it and the key word, in my opinion, now that Elon has been sort of mm, brought to bear under the SEC is the word considering. Hopefully that one word is enough to save Elon because that's pretty much what he's hanging on to at the moment, in my opinion. Then on August 13th, a blog post appeared with more details on the potential investment from Saudi Arabia. That day, the stock closed at $356. $356. Okay. Statement made. Got it. Okay. August 13th, part two There's a in this USA Today article, and I only bring this up because it's in the USA Today article. I didn't want you people to think I didn't see it. There's some crazy comment from a crazy person, I think, who was friends with one of Elon's girlfriends. I don't want to talk about it. But another thing happened on August 13th. Yes. But let's not. It's so speculative, in my opinion, to be kind of crazy. Anywho, but it's there. August 15th reports, this two days later, reports circulate that the SEC had subpoenaed Tesla over the tweet. Tesla shares closed down and closed at 338.69 a share. So that's a considerable bloop in, in bloopiness, right? August 16th, the very next day, an interview with the New York Times, Musk says that this year has been the most difficult and painful of his career and efforts to ensure Tesla's meeting production targets have taken a physical toll on his health. And he says he has friends who are really concerned. Shares of Tesla dropped 6% the next day following reports of widening SEC probes and questions of his ability to run the company. One month later, September 18th, the Justice Department launches a probe into Tesla over the Musk tweet. Shares of Tesla opened at 296, but fell as low as 275.75 that day and closed at 284.96. So this is like a week ago, two weeks ago from where we're recording this. September 27th, the SEC accuses Musk of securities fraud over the August 7th tweet. So we did not get more than, what, six weeks away from that before the SEC accused him of straight up fraud. And I quote, Musk knew or was reckless in not knowing that each of these statements was false and or misleading because he did not have adequate basis in facts for his assertions. The complaint alleged Tesla stock tanks to down over 13 percent. So again, that key word, if you think about considering in the first tweet, And then you think about what the SEC said in that last statement. That is 
a big, big deal in my opinion. Yes. And if I'm an investor, if you're an investor out there and you're out of control and you're you're buying Tesla based on the words, considering taking Tesla private at 420 and trying to like get a quick buck, right? You're not investing in Tesla at that point, right? You're not a person who believes in the company because after the IPO, like the stock market means really very little to companies in a lot of ways, hmm. right? In terms of what the stock price is and what the stock price is. It does allow them to borrow a little bit money based on the shares that they hold. But, you know, generally it doesn't matter. After the IPO, you're not putting money into these companies so they invest in the future. The stock market, you're basically buying from me or Robert or somebody else, and you're just trading money back and forth between rich guys. So if on that day, on August 7th, you decided to buy more Tesla, that was probably a bad idea. Yeah. It's not based on real fundamental knowledge. You're just basically trying to get over. You're like, I got a whole bunch of money. I want a whole bunch more money. I'm going to invest in it. So that to me. But I know a lot of people. I get it. Who bought stock at like mid 300s thinking they were going to be able to cash out at 420. Right. But but they shouldn't have. Right. But. Mm, and this is why Elon but is, is that in trouble. His fault? They, is he used the word considering. And I get it. It is his fault. They drank the Kool-Aid. It is his fault. So we're talking is the stock price has gone down by like 30-something percent since all of this silliness. And all of this could have been avoided if he would do one thing. Yeah. Put down the f***ing Twitter. It's true. So a little bit more historical information for you. Today, the stock price is at 264. So August 7th or August 13th, it closed at 356. As of today, 264.77 off of its 52 week high of 387. Okay, on 4 1 2016 was the first day of Model 3 reservations. The stock was at 245.50, right? So today, 264.77. So ahead of that. Right. And and probably a nice normal amount ahead of that. Twenty five dollars, a 10 percent increase over two years. That's probably what stocks, how stocks should normally gain in, you know, a normal, logical, uh, all economics being possible. On 11, 21, 2016. So seven months after Tesla was down to one eighty five. Why was it down to one eighty five? It doesn't. There's no real reason. Right. There's nothing, nothing in the news that I could find that that basically said between the day of Model 3 reservations, it it lost 70 points. Hmm. Why? I don't know. And and so to give you some idea generally about what we're looking at is Tesla's market cap is 45 billion. Right. Twenty eight billion dollars on their financial balance sheets is in assets. To give you some general idea, Ford's market cap is thirty six billion dollars. And on their balance sheet, they have $257 billion in assets. That's a lot. Okay. So does the market cap, what does it mean? What does it actually mean, the cost of the stock versus what the company is actually holding? It's that they're not tied to anything rational in yeah. that sense, right? It's a belief system. Right. And GM, same kind of situation. They have $47 billion in market cap, right? It's just, it's all kinds of crazy Crazy, crazy stuff. June 12, 2018, Musk owns 33.7 million shares of Tesla, 20% of the company. There are 887 institutional holders of Tesla, not private owners, right? So these are mm. people that are that are basically institutional. The largest institutional shareholder of Tesla is Fidelity Investments. They hold 21 million shares. So they have 11 million less shares than Elon does. 
right? Of all of the shares of Tesla, there's 170 million outstanding shares. 63% of those are owned by institutional investors, not small mom and pop investors, right? So yes, has all of this Elon stuff affected you if you own Fidelity Investments? And obviously, you're going to have some index funds potentially, and you're going to have some Tesla in it. But again, all of this stuff is kind of crazy. Tesla is down 22% in the last year, but it is up 38% in the last five years, Yeah, right? Which makes this sense because it's, since it's a newer company. However, in 2017, it lost $1.95 billion. In 2016, it lost $600 million. And in 2015, it lost $888 million. And this is the last piece of information I'll give you guys. Ford, on the other hand, is down 22% in the last year. So Tesla was down 22%. Ford down about the same. But Ford is also down 45% in the last five years, its stock price. Pretty sad. Right? But its net income, $7 billion in 2017, $5.7 billion in 2016, and $8.34 billion in 2015. So what is it based on? It's all based on possibilities. Right. Tesla yeah. could become a trillion dollar company. So it's a possible thing. And I found the same thing when I was working with some investment brokers, you know, having a company and thinking about selling it. And I realized that it's, uh, it's so bogus. Like companies will sell for billions of dollars that have never made any money. That's yeah. lost tons of dollars because maybe possibly this will become a unicorn billion dollar company. Whereas if you're a company that just makes money every year yeah. and do good, uh, you're not worth that much. Right. And it's I'm not, not trying to, like, to hold Ford up as this company that we should all invest in because they have problems. They're making all their money on big trucks and things like that. So let us be very clear what the SEC is trying to do. They are suing to remove him from the CEO position. Correct. That is from the position of CEO of any public company. And that would be, at first I thought that would be a disaster. But there has been some editorials saying that that might actually be the best thing for Elon, to yeah. get him off this job, which is clearly killing him, and back to being just the smart, thoughtful, what's the next thing we can do, and have somebody who really knows what they're doing run the company. But yeah. then you have a bigger problem, because now you have Elon being the majority shareholder of Tesla at 20%. With it comes a lot of voting power. So are you going to take him off the board completely? Is he going to have nothing to do at all with engineering? Like, what is the limitations of what the SEC is going to allow him to do? Then does he become, if he starts to see that CEO that, he, you know, he doesn't like the CEO that's replaced or the rest of the board that's replaced, he holds a lot of voting power and a lot of people will follow him right. to be sort of... uh disruptive yeah. in terms of what Tesla can do. I'm not saying he's going to do that, but you open it up to that, again, level of unknown. So people out there that listen to this show that know about this stuff, how much power does the SEC have? Can they remove him from uh, the ability to vote on the board? Maybe. Because you, you're certainly painting a scenario where he shouldn't probably be allowed to do that because he could disrupt not, the whole thing. But they can't force him. I, I, I don't can't think they see can, them they forcing him to sell his shares. I don't think they no could, way. but maybe they could. Maybe well, you can sue anybody to do anything. You could maybe. get him to sell everything. But so again, you screwed up. I think the key word that's going to end up saving him is the word considering. Because that's not, I'm gonna, it's not any of that stuff. Yes, it felt like in the blog post that he was pretty sure that he was going to be able to move forward. But pretty sure is not, I'm sure. Pretty sure is not, I'm doing this. Like, does that it, is key. Does it also seem to you, it seems to me too punitive. I think that as soon as we all saw that tweet, you're like, oh, you're in so much trouble for suing that. I expected 
that there would be a gigantic fine and a big slap on the wrist, but to remove him from ever being able to run a public company seems to be a bit excessive. But there's a lot of people. There's a class action lawsuit from share, individual shareholders, like yeah, Robert, Robert mentioned, right? Like yeah. there, people have lost a lot of money, and they're going to be looking for someone to get it back to them. Yeah, you can't uh, drop your stock price by 30% uh, by doing something like that and not having a lot of powerful rich people pissed at you. Yeah. Is there a treatment for terminal online syndrome? <laughs> there could be. And again, I, I don't know if there is. I'd Like, let me ask you this. If there was one pill in the world, somebody yes. created one pill for terminal online tweet syndrome, are you giving it to Elon or are you giving it to the guy on Pennsylvania Avenue? I'm giving it. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about SpaceX, and then we get into some letters. So this is interesting. This is an article on CNET. NASA turned sixty and is sort of reinventing itself for the SpaceX era. Right. The internal leadership of NASA has now started discussing things like space tourism and increased commercialism. And this is pretty interesting. In this article, they talk about a space hotel circling the globe and another lunar space station and the International Space Station already being in the process of being opened up to private interests. For instance, there's a Boeing astronaut right now on the space station and we're talking about having some SpaceX astronauts or or even like non-astronaut, just folks that are going to the ISS to do other kinds of things, which would actually be pretty darn cool. Like art? I don't know. Like If you're a yeah. Japanese businessman, maybe you could bring all your friends and go and take pretty pictures in space. That would be cool. Right. Although you have to sign right here, there's a good chance this thing's going to blow up and you're all going to die. I just yeah. want to know, how are they going to accomplish many dance performances in zero gravity? <laughs> well, will it be different? That, that will be Can different. Can you imagine those like ballet leaps? They'll be spectacular. They'll be concussed on the other end of the <laughs> spaceship. So a lot of interesting things happening as far as NASA is concerned. And like Mel alluded to, SpaceX got a deal with some Japanese billionaire to actually orbit the moon in a BFR with a yeah. bunch of his friends. Actually, well, they changed it. So it was going to be a Falcon Heavy that was going to go and make a couple spins around the moon and come back over a five-day period. Yeah. But they've scrapped that entire plan. The Falcon Heavy is kind of not going to happen all that much. They're going full bore to BFR, yeah. the big Falcon flamboyant. rocket. <laughs> flamboyant. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Flamboyant. That's, that's pretty flamboyant. good. It is rather flamboyant. And, and so SpaceX is making really some amazing strides. So let's not forget that on, on top of all of the problems that Elon is having on Earth, <laughs> he is trying very desperately to keep this SpaceX thing afloat. Uh, look, you know, Elon has made some huge mistakes as CEO of Tesla, and I think he should really look at who's running SpaceX. And, you know, take some time and sort of really study the person who is the CEO of SpaceX because they're doing a much better job than the CEO of Tesla. Shout out to Gwyn Shotwell. Thank you. I also got really excited with the SpaceX round the moon mission that this guy's going to, you know, they're going to spin this into such a great marketing, I don't know, spectacle with yeah. this guy and eight other performers, who's going to step up to that? You know, yeah, he's taking artists with him. Which, which is pretty big cool. names from from sculpture? Again, how how are you going to manage? Yo Yo Ma is going up. I don't know. Who's yeah, going. you know what scares me though? I'm far more afraid that this thing is going to blow up, and that is going to be mm, a problem. You've got this billionaire and his eight friends, and it's all exciting, and it's going to be wonderful, and the world is watching as the BFR goes boom, biddy, boom, boom. <laughs> 
Upsetting. Well, they're going to have to they're going to have to launch it many times before they put any body in it because there is oversight as to who gets to fly. The FAA and all these other administrations are going to make sure that the thing is running smoothly. Look how many years it's taken before SpaceX could put any astronauts in a Falcon 9 or a Falcon Heavy. It's been very long time. And they're still not yet put up the Dragon 2 capsule, which will be taking the astronauts to the space station. So this is a slow process. Uh, but it'll be interesting. And the next, just so you know, for information, October 6th is the next SpaceX launch from Vandenberg, a Falcon 9 rocket carrying an Argentina Space Agency observation satellite. I would like to go that October 6th. October 6th with a launch time uh, Tibida. So just after 8 p.m. Tibida. It was actually delayed from yesterday. Yesterday, <gasps> September 28th. I would like to go to that along with millions of my Tesla friends <laughs> and then we'll all be at the supercharger together and then I'll be really angry and then I'll have something to talk about on the next Talking Tesla. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's do some lettuce because oh, we've got some really good lettuce. Exciting. First of all, uh, Paul Boyd. He goes, oh, my God, Mascal must be the bomb because uh, the last five minutes of the last show was fantastic. He says that we should do more shows and he would be a patron for that. We've got an uh, email here from Glenn Galatcher. Galatcher. He's from Gall- Wollongong. Gallagher, maybe? I don't know. Anyone? He's from Wollongong, mate. Gallagher. And he's like, a couple of things. First of all, where do I go to rent a Tesla? I want to go drivey-drivey with a wifey-wifey around the places, places, but I don't really know a good <laughs> place. Every time, every time he talks about somebody from Australia, they use the words twice. It's like a weird it's a thing. thing that he's got. I like the. There's also a term here that he said I'd have to explain to you. He's like, I've been in a three and I've been in an S, but I'm a pretty big guy. I'm as big as a brick house, <laughs> and uh, so the three is a bit too small. I'm six four mm. and big. Do you know okay. what a brick house is? It's probably like a brick outhouse. Yeah, that's right. Very good. <laughs> yeah, it's not that hmm. complicated. So thing. where can I get? You've rented uh, Teslas. Where do you go to? That, do that? is correct. So in the states. There's there is an app called Turo, yes. and I rented a Tesla in the Portland, Oregon area for a few days. It was a lovely experience. I never met the person. I'm actually not even sure some human owns that car. It just may live at the airport. But if you go to the Turo app, and maybe you can't get the Turo app in Australia, I don't know. There were no Teslas or no cars at all when I put Australia as a place. So my guess is maybe Turo's not available in the app store there. But maybe go to Turo Online, T-U-R-O, and you can uh, type in where you might want to go, and it will show you whether or not there are some Tesla availables. If you filter that to the deluxe cars, most of those cars will be Teslas. So there's S's, there's X's. I'm sure there's threes, but I haven't dived too deep into it. But if you need to rent a Tesla, try Turo. Yeah, I just looked up Thrifty Rent-A-Car at the Sydney Airport in New South West. We'll rent you. We'll hire you a Tesla. Hire a Tesla. Hire. They hire don't cars. rent. They hire Australia. Australia. Tesla they for hire. Hire. Nice. The other thing is check out the Tesla Owners Club for that part of Australia and get in touch with those folks. There may be some Tesla owners who say, yeah, you're thinking of a Tesla. Take my car for a day. Wait, can Mel, can you do it in an accent? G'day, mate. Look, crikey, mate. I'm trying to get to, to Brizzy, and I'd love to go on a Tesla, mate. Can I have a lend of it, mate? That's how you do it. There you go. Just, re- <laughs> just play that for them on Rich- the phone. <laughs> Hold on one second. <laughs> Tap, play. Richard Bergman? That's Bauman. 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 Just says, hey, how about you do more shows for the Patreon people? And I should say this. I didn't say it up front, and Cece said to say this. Yes. She said that there is actually now 
a RSS feed for the Patreon. So as we put Patreon stuff up, you can have an RSS feed so it'll automatically show up on your phony phone or your paddy pad or wherever you want to put that RSS feedy feed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Rashis. Rajesh. Rajesh. Rajesh Gira. Gira. Uh, he's a Tesla fan. He's an ER doc, and he's coming down to uh, the ASAP, and he's going to hang out with us, and we're going to talk about all things Tesla. That's going to be super exciting. In a bar on Tuesday at 4 or 5. I, I think can't we remember. said uh, 4, but I might have to be a bit later because that's when we've got to get into the room to check it out. Anyway, anyway, Alan Malventano. That's pretty good. That's pretty like nice. Oh, yeah, I, spe- nice. Oh, I spelled it out. You did slow. He's got the same problem that I had with my Model 3, and he's got some videos. So he's driving along in his Model 3, and then you hear this clunk, 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 clunk every time you go over a little mm-hmm. lump in the road. And he's had it taken back a couple of times, and they said, oh, it's the strut, and they fixed it, and then the clunkiness is still there. And I've got to tell you, I listened to your video. That is exactly the same sound that my Model 3 had. And they said that the, basically the bolt to the strut wasn't up tight, and they just tightened the bolt, and that noise went away. So I don't know why yours has not gone away. It sounds was that like a, a problem. Was that a visit to your house they did that? Uh, that was, I can't remember now, because it was when I first got the car. I think I actually took it in, and they did that. And the second half of this note, his Model 3 has been in for service 11 times in 60 days. Oh, I don't know where this guy lives, but that is impressive and also sad. Not very impressive at it's, all. It is sort of a bit of a, a lemon. And he said, look, I love the car, but this is starting to suck the mojo out of this experience <laughs> as it would. Yeah. And I took my Model 3 in a couple of times and I had them come over a couple of times. And this is the same thing. We talked about it before. Model S when they first came out. Uh, the same problem, but it seems that the build quality gets better over time. On the list of things, though, the one that stood out to me most of all was condensation and standing water in one of the taillight assemblies. Yes. And he says, in quotes, they insist is normal. I'm going to tell you this right now. <laughs> that is absolutely 100% not normal. It's that is not a thing. Aqua car. There is nobody, nobody at all in Fremont working on the line adding a tiny bit of water to everybody's taillight housing before it goes out. Because that's what would make that normal? Well, it, f- it is normal in that you see it on a lot of cars. <laughs> yes. Not just Teslas. You see, I have had many cars and I've had that same problem. Yeah, we, lost a, we lost a Prius electrically to that sort of situation. But it was like rain leaking and filling. The, the, it's not normal. It's not normal. It's not a but normal. It's <laughs> wow. It's not a thing. I had my taillights on the original Model S that I'm now driving replaced, I think, three times. Not all of them three times, but, I mean, three separate taillights replaced. They had bugs in them, and they had water in them. And whoever makes the taillight assemblies, they must be, you know, in a low-quality control (laughs) state because— to hear that in the Model 3 really disappoints me. I know I'm actually taking my the original S back in, the one that I'm back in, I'm in now, driving now, because when you start from a stop, you hear this clunking sound. And I've noticed it when I first had the rear motor replaced, which is something they did for a lot of the original cars. And now it's getting worse, clunk. And then as you slow down, clunk, as if something is loose. And it's very disturbing. And the other thing is that when you turn on the air conditioning after the car's been sitting all night, it smells musty. That's a problem. And I'm wondering how much Legionnaire's disease mm-hmm. I am starting to collect in my lungs. <laughs> yes, there's a fungus growing in the, somewhere in your car and you're inhaling that. At some point, your immune system is going to give up and you're going to have a fungus ball the size I, of a planet in your I, lung. If I don't make it to the next show, 
You'll know. We'll know why. Uh, add fluconazole to his regimen. I believe <laughs> that he's got fungemia. Hey, I got another one here from uh, Richard, and it's a very long one. It's very uh, you know chatty. But one of the things he asked about is why does he see so many of these hydrogen mirrors around? He goes from Orange County to L.A. It's and- a Mirai. Mirai, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> And uh, actually, uh, Josh, who's one of our producers, has one of these ridiculously stupid cars, <laughs> and he's got a story for you, and here it is now. Except he's not here now because somehow I managed, somehow I managed to lose the entire thing, but it went basically like this. You know, the hydrogen infrastructure for refueling here in California is not very good, and there was a shortage, so he went to a hydrogen you know, place to fill up, and there wasn't anything there. So he went to the next one. There wasn't anything there, and he ran out, and he had to get towed to the next one. And on and on this thing went. It took him five hours, five hours to fill up this Mirai with hydrogen, which raises you know a number of things. Infrastructure is everything when it comes to transportation. You must have infrastructure. This car, which he says is a great car, I say is not a great car because it doesn't have infrastructure, and infrastructure without the car is useless. And that's why... Tesla has to keep making superchargers, and we have to have more and more destination chargers and more and more places to charge, because as soon as the infrastructure fails on an electric car, it will be like the Mirai. It will be useless. So we have to push the infrastructure. I know, I already talked about this, and I'm sorry we don't have Josh, but that was the summary of the story. Towed twice. So five hours, that seems excessive. It seems like an excessive amount of time to fill up a lame-ass car. You obviously realize that Mel produces all of these podcasts Mm -hmm. because he gets to make a long-ass supercharger rant (laughs) after waiting for maybe, you know, 15 minutes to get to a supercharger. What does poor Josh get? (laughs) Well, Josh is actually starting a new podcast, and it's about uh, how long it takes to fill his hydrogen car. It's called Hydrogen Today and Tomorrow. (laughs) And and the next day. Jonathan Soderstrom. Or Soderstrom. Content for the media pick. What does he say here? The most important thing he says is lots of stuff, but there's a better route planner, and it's called a better route planner. He said some single dude put this thing together and go check it out. And I actually did that, and it's really good. You go in there, you put in your route, you put in all this stuff, and it'll tell you where you need to stop and for how long. I think it's pretty good. So this was the route planner I was talking about at the beginning of the show when I did this, and I, I put mine on here, and basically it was correct, the same kind of situation, about seven stops. The only thing that I didn't like about it at the very end, so I'm going to give you full disclosure, is that when I showed up at my final destination, yeah. I was only going to have 15% of charge left, which on my car would have been about 45 miles. And that's not quite enough, in my opinion, for that safety factor to get back to the last supercharger on my way back. So I would probably stay in that final spot a little bit longer to fill up and get to that point. But but the last stop on, on this thing was only a nine minute charging and leaving with 34%. So this gives you how much charge you have when you arrive. Yes. Basically. And then how long you'll charge for. Yes. And how much charge percentage you will depart with. So that's very, very helpful. Yeah. Looking at this spreadsheet, it's very nice and you can make some adjustments. But this is probably, you know, if you're doing like a road rally and you're trying to get there as fast as possible, then you would do this. But quite honestly, like some of these stops that are like nine minutes long, I would more likely, you know, need more time to go we go whiz. And I wonder if Jonathan actually is the guy that made this. I wonder. You wonder? Asad Nakuna. 
Maybe Nakvi? Nakvi? He said, hey, do more shows. All right? Thank you very much. <laughs> Robert Kinner said, hey. What he hey. said was he wants to sign up for the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Robert Kinner said, do more shows. And when I say uh, do more shows, what I'm talking about here is that maybe we can go to a twice a month, but one will be on for the Patreons only. We could do this Ooh. twice a month. We've got to talk to Robert over there. I haven't talked to him about it yet. Sam Holford said, hey, how about you do more shows? And I'll pay it on Patreon. Hey, uh, Wilson Singh said, how about you do more shows? And I'll pay for it on Patreon. <laughs> uh, Steve Nichols said, Hey, uh, this is about the lease, Mel. Don't just jump through all of them, uh, right? So Steve sent this message. So Steve Nichols wrote to Mel because Mel was ranting about, I want to get out of my lease. I want to get out of my lease because Mel rants about things like that. And he said, you've already probably heard this, but Tesla recently announced they will offer early lease termination until the end of September. So I did a little research and it turns out that's correct. Electric.co on 9.5. Electric, have done that for a while. <laughs> Oh, that uh, said that Tesla is offering, I think this is another one of those end of the quarter, let's sell some new cars kind of situations. Uh, they're offering to no penalty end your Model S and X lease if you purchase a new car. It didn't look in the article whether or not you could get a Model 3, which I think was why you were actually trying exactly. to get out of your lease. But it doesn't hurt to ask. That's all I'm saying. So maybe you give a little ring-a-ding-ding to the Teslas. Yeah, let me call Tesla. Let me just see how this goes. Ring, ring, ring. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, uh, is that Tesla? G'day, mate. Look, it's Mel Herbert here. I would like to get a Model 3 and pay half the amount of money I'm paying right now. Is that okay? No? What do you mean, f*** off? <laughs> no, you can't say that. Jeez. So that's how that would go. But what if you buy a Model 3 all-wheel drive performance, top of the line? It's not going to be that much less. Oh, yeah. Let me just try that. <laughs> hey, this is Mel Herbert here. Oh, hi, Tesla. Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to take my really extraordinarily high lease and uh, give you like three or 400 bucks less a month for a Model 3. Is that okay? No, you can't say f*** off. That's not right. <laughs> but That's they how might. that would go. Uh, well, we'll see. David Kisses says, hey, do more shows on Patreon. I'll pay for it. Um, bitching about supercharging is from Alex Moliero. <laughs> Moliero. 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 better when you say it like that. Quit your bitching. He's like, you need to shut the hell up, Mel, because the supercharges are not a problem. Hey. He's not Italian. It says at the very top of this. <laughs> He's a Portuguese. Stop it. Let but me tell I you, as do. a Portuguese, you are killing me. It is I like a cannot, podcast with Trump. Cannot do the Portuguese accent, but I can try and do the Italian accent. So we're going to do the Italian, Uh-oh. and then it starts to turn into Scarface. And, and now and we then, have uh, no more <laughs> subscribers or listeners because they all think you're a racist. Alex's final point is, hey, Find some stories related to Scotland, so please. So he's a Portuguese guy in Scotland? I didn't, I see, I didn't understand that. <laughs> of course, he says he's from Portugal, but then I'm doing an Italian accent. Then he says, do more Scottish. I don't know what you're saying. But he says this, we need more service centers, not your stupid supercharges. Supercharges are for, for, for Australians. So what do you think about that, though? That's an interesting point, right? Like, what's going to become more acute, the lack of service centers uh-huh. or the, le- the – I won't call it a lack of superchargers. Oh, but I a- say this. I can say it in a Scottish accent. It's both going to be an effing problem uh, if you don't fix uh, both of them. You've but- got to have both infrastructure for charging and you must have infrastructure to fix the cars when they're all fucked But up. what if you just put a mobile a mobile service van yes. at every supercharger while you're waiting in line, they can fix those sniggly little uh, things. Like that it. would be a great idea, Tom. Thank you. Bobby Pomelu. Oh. 
Pomalulu. I don't know what it is. It says, look, more shows, but don't do too many. Don't want you to burn out and leave the airways again. Oh, How about thanks, Sheila Bob? Nicholson? Sheila says, thank you. Do more shows. Thank you. And then there's Brett Potter, not Harry Potter. That's his brother. And Brett's from <laughs> Honolulu, Hawaii. And he says, look, mate, first of all, I'm a Republican. I can string two words together. I'm educated. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Oh, all right, Brett, I'm going to believe you. Yeah, okay. And uh, he loves the shows. I don't know why. And so I just would like to say thank you for listening, Brent. You're more open-minded than me. He says, make although, it longer, please. Although I'm going to meld in, potentially read this very, very closely. So I'm just going to read this first sentence. And, and, and Brent, <laughs> Mel's probably going to lose his crap on you. But, but we're going to have a little fun with this. He okay. said, you've mentioned a few times that you doubt you have listeners who don't believe in climate change. And I want to wave my hands in the air and shout, me, me, me. Please go. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> Sorry, Brent. Um, I'm going to have to turn the recorder off for a second. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> uh, the planet doesn't care if you don't believe. Uh, Matthew Keys says this, more shows... And he says, North Carolina seems to be doing really well with their ramp up of Tesla and the mobile service where he is, is working well. Because they cannot. He has heard anecdotally that the government in North Carolina is making it more difficult for Tesla to build hard uh, location service centers. So they're having to use this mobile service center more and more to service all the vehicles in the rally area. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're coming to the end here. But I wanted to bring back something that Tom hates. And in fact, I would like to double down on the thing that Tom hates. Oh, goody. And I want to do the media pick of the monthly month. So first of all, the energy show. I've talked about it before. It's a guy called Barry Cinnamon. And the last couple have been fantastic. It's about should I clean my solar panels and is it worth it from a cost point of view? There's also one about the fact that the planet is on fire. I really like his show, The Energy Show. The next thing is Masterclass. Masterclass is a paid service. You go in there and you pay some money Mm. and then you can hear classes and it's basically just really high-end video of people talking about what they do, like Malcolm Gladwell, for example, and artists and chefs and everybody. And i got to say, it's about 200 bucks a year and it's like it's like Ted, but better, if that's possible. I it believe there's really currently good. 35 master classeticians. Yeah. It's so I what they call good. Them. I find myself finding that there's a lot of great TV, but I just keep coming back to watch these things because at the end of the 30 minutes, you're like, I'm smarter than when I started. Yeah. I'd like to steal your login for that because I'm very excited. And oh, that's interesting. legal. And good idea to put on a podcast for 8,000 or 10,000 oh, to hear. It's every a day. joke. I also like to talk about Hulu. So Hulu, my son has been telling me, now it's interesting. So my son's 18, he's like, he doesn't watch standard TV. He's got Netflix, and he's got the Hulu, and I think that's it. Isn't he supposed to be studying? No, he doesn't study. He's in an engineering he's student. He's very, smart. very um, smart. And he's like, uh, the Hulu dad, there's this thing called The First. Yes. And it's about going to Mars. And I watched the first episode. Pretty good. And it's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's high production value. Sean Penn, really Good. Well, we're going. You know, we're going. We're going to be there. Well, we're not. Well, maybe we might. That might be cool. I'm about to finish Blue Mars. Oh, Green Mars, Red Mars, Blue Mars. The third in the series. Wow. Is that an eye-opening? That That book. Damn. Stanley Robinson. Brilliant, man. So good. Yeah, fantastic. I've got to double down. I love that book. I think it's, if you care about Mars, are you interested in Mars? It's the best series I've ever read about Mars. Yeah. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, boys, in my hand here. I have an iPhone XS Max. And I want to say two things. Extra small Max? It's excessive. I want to say 
two things. First of all, this is by far overwhelmingly the best phone I've ever had. It's big. I'm blind now because I'm old. I can read this thing. My big stubby fingers work on it like <laughs> never before. You're little but big fingered? Yeah, it's weird. Sort of mushroom shaped. Let's not talk about it. And but then, the question is, how big is his hand? And uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, no. but you would have to be an idiot to buy this thing because this cost almost as much as a Tesla. So you would have For to be an idiot? Is that what you're saying? I think that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think this was 1500 No, maybe closer to $1,700 by the time you buy the phone. And I got the biggest one with all the stuff because I do a lot of video and stuff on it. So I got the 512. And then you get the, uh, if I break it, if I lose it, that's another $300. This is more expensive than the laptop side by. But I use this 10 times more than my laptop, so that's how I rationalize it. But it is a beautiful phone. It's stupid expensive. You could have saved yourself $300 by using Google Photos to take your photos constantly off of your phone to save space. It actually works really good. That's a built. There's a built-in assistant. And you can buy the 64 gigabyte version and just keep uploading your photos automatically to Google. Uh, that's what I do. That's kind of what my media pick, pick. would be Excellent. in that particular sense. Also, uh, love Radio Lab has brought back More Perfect, which is their yes, Supreme yes. Court show. An excellent, excellent podcast. And last but not least in this thing that I hate, the Dave Chang podcast. Dave Chang is a chef, entrepreneur, owns many restaurants on many coasts in many cities. His and name is McDonald? His name is David Chang, oh, and it's the McDonald's. Dave Chang podcast. And he is, uh, it's, it's, it's a very raw podcast. He's a very new to the podcasting, but he's very honest and very truthful. And if you want to hear an interesting point of view from a guy inside the food business, he's the guy. I'm just going to say two things. One, I may have said it last time. Uh, Ozark season two. Oh, so good. So good. I'm in holding fact, on the last episode just because I don't want it to end. Oh, well, you know what happens? No, thanks. Hilarious. And Maniac. It's a new Netflix. It's a sci-fi about brain and awareness and the world around you and like taking drugs that are to help you uh, make yourself better, but are really weird. And it's I haven't gotten that far into it, but it is a freaky cool show. Nice. I don't have enough hours in the day to keep up with all this stuff. This just in. I just got tweeted this, ladies and gentlemen. SEC settles charges with Tesla's Elon Musk. He will remain the CEO, oh. but relinquish the chairman role oh. and pay a stiff fine. The fine is $20 million. This <laughs> stiff? That's not stiff in. for a he, guy worth $10 billion. He can find $20 million in his back pocket, but there you go. He has to relinquish the chairman role. But he can stay on as CEO. I actually feel oh. like that's – it makes a lot of sense, but it's a little bit in reverse. He's still – like the – if you wanted him away from day-to-day -day operations, you keep him as the chairman and you get him away from CEO. CEO doesn't really change his role is my guess. And are they going to – it'll be interesting. Now we can start to speculate because speculation is what we do. Yeah. Who's going to be the new chairman of Tesla? Yeah, that's what we need. We need uh, Sanderberg. Would it be somebody that is already on the board? A J.B. Strubble, for instance? Would it be uh, the SpaceX uh, CEO, Gwen Shotwell? Oh, my God. She wouldn't be a good. She's no, a very nice Gwen singer. Gwen Shotwell. Shotwell. Oh, okay. Shotwell. That's the How dare you? That's she's so great. rude. Um, yeah, I'd like to see her take a crack at it because I think she's done such a great job. But then who's going to take her job at SpaceX? And the surprising thing about 
all of this is that it didn't happen after we were done recording. No, because we recorded for 12 hours. Can I drop one more breaking news story? Yes. Oh, sure. For one week, Tesla Model 3 drive unit production exceeds 10,000 in a fuck? week. What does that mean? Drive units. What's like the drive unit? The part that goes underneath the car. So just the engine or the whole sled? I, I, Including the battery you, you pack? You want to hold on a minute while I read the whole yes. article? Yes, oh, God, we've got all day. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Elon was telling employees, don't get distracted by the news. Like they're threatening to take me to jail or kick me off the company or anything like that. Just focus on production because we did 10,000 drive units in one week. I just think that's a big number. That is a huge number. I mean, they have nowhere to store all this stuff, like lots and lots. So this is just an indication of how many cars we'll be seeing in the production delivery numbers in another week or two. Actually, when do we get them? We get them October 4th or something like that? I don't, something like that. Well, I'm Some not exactly. There. It's usually within the first week after the, the end of the quarter, although November, like first or second, it's usually the first Tuesday of November, we'll see the third quarter call, the phone call mm-hmm. for the earnings, report? earnings report. And that's where we find out whether that huge increase in production has resulted also in a huge increase in cash, which is also a result in the fact that they won't need to find money, which is going to be harder because he keeps tanking the stock price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this has been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, My name is Mel Herbert. He's Tom. That's Robert. The show is talking Tesla. Glad you're enjoying it. We're going to chat about whether we're going to start doing one for free and one for the Patreons a month. See if we have time. We won't burn ourselves out because if we leave again, You'll never take us back. Go to Patreon forward slash Talking Tesla. Sign up. Five, ten, twenty. You can even sign up for a hundred dollars a month. Did you realize that? And I, you should. I you think should, we'd yeah. give people like an extra we'd give them like an ad spot uh, for a hundred dollars a month. There's How's a that? lot of things I would do for a hundred dollars a month. Let me tell you right now. So if you have a business like you sell Tesla accessories or you're in the EV business, you're in solar business, you want us to say a little something about you, hundred dollars a month on? Patreon. And there's a thing called iTunes. And on iTunes, you can actually write using your words and your keyboard a little bit about the show. Like, these bulls are so stupid. Don't listen to them. Or maybe you could say a lot of those. Yeah. Maybe you (laughs) could say something nice. We want to bump that up. That helps to bring the show to more people. So go to iTunes, leave us a review. I tweet at R Rosenbl. Tom's on there. I tweet at uh, Talking Tesla because why not? I tweet under an assumed name because (laughs) I say inappropriate things. (laughs) We'll see you online and we'll see you next month. Bye for now.